0: So here's what I wanted to do this morning. It's Mother's Day. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop just for a week in the book of Ephesians, and uh, well, actually, I'll be in a portion of Ephesians, but stop formally our exposition. We'll pick that back up next week. Pray for Patty and I, even as we go today. We're re- really excited for Casey Banks and uh, Rachel. Banks who graduate from seminary tonight down at the home campus, thrilled for them, text them. Casey has worked two full-time jobs and finished seminary in uh, four years. We're so grateful. Brendan Tomasian and Rachel will be down there graduating tonight. We celebrated that last week. But I I thought that maybe just with it being Mother's Day, I would just stop just for a second and we'll pick up Ephesians. in the the future, but there was a man by the name of John Whitehall. He was a very wealthy Texan man, and he desired and wanted to send his mother an unusual and expensive gift for Mother's Day. And so the owner of a pet shop told him of a mina bird that was well worth over $20,000. And Whitehall asked the man, what makes this bird so valuable? And the owner responded, and he said, this minor bird is the only one in the world that can recite the Lord's Prayer, the 23rd Psalm, and 1 Corinthians 13. And the Texan said, I'll take it. I don't even know how much it costs, but I'll take it. Mother is worth it, and she will gained so much comfort from hearing this minor bird recite the scripture. So he wrote a check, and then he shipped the bird to his mother. And the Monday after Mother's Day, he called her long distance. He asked her, did you get my present? And she said, I did, thank you. And he asked her, did you like the bird? And she said, oh, son, it was delicious. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that was his intention, but that's how it turned out. She, she ate the bird. She ate the bird, a $20,000 mina bird that would have recited the Scripture for her. But today, today on Mother's Day, I want to take a little bit more of a unique approach, okay? You know, I've been doing this a long time, and... Uh, you know, whether it's Mother's Day or Father's Day, there's not, you know, the Scripture is not chocked full with all these admonitions to uh, mothers and fathers. And I think that's because, because we have a Bible, Genesis through the book of Revelation, that tells us how to live in the Christian life and gives instruction on the family. But really, if we're who we need to be vertically these things will tend to grow themselves in our own sanctification. But what I want to do today is I want to speak to the children. So I feel a little amiss. I would probably think that all the children should be in there, in here to hear this. Um, in fact, I made a video to that end, but we recognized it might have confused uh, children. But I want to address the children today on his or her response, if you will, to your mother on uh, Mother's Day. It's your response from the Word of God to your mother on Mother's Day. And so I want to begin, look over in Ephesians chapter 6. I'll begin there in verses 1 through 3, but I'll really be looking at some selected scriptures. What does... The Word of God, say to children about honoring your mother. Now, obviously, the Word of God speaks to that. I paused because we live in such a dysfunctional world that with this very issue, but it is not confusing in the Scripture. What does the Word of God say to your children about their response to you In the home, whether you're a family or you're even a single parent, obviously this message is addressed to children in the house. Obviously this is addressed to you if you're older out of the house. There's part of this message that will apply to you if you're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 and your mother is still alive. Obviously, this message is pinpointed to our children, to our students. You may be in junior high. You ought to be getting a pen out, taking notes. And if you don't, then your parents should have a pen out taking notes for you in the home. Whether you're in junior high or high school or elementary school or senior high school you find yourself in. Or even if you're in college, it is addressed to you. Singles, this is addressed to you. If you have a mother, parents with children, obviously grandparents, you play a significant role in helping these commands to be lived out. All of us need to hear God's word. You may be um, a single person and thinking, what do I need to do and listen? Why do I need to listen? You need to listen because this is what the word of God says your response is, and if the Lord leads you to marriage, then you'll need to heed this command. And let me just say this way, to honor this way today, to honor your mother is to honor God. This is what the Scripture is going to teach. I know our world doesn't think that, but to honor your mother is to honor God. To dishonor your mother or to dishonor a mother is to dishonor. Honor God. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fly high here in the book of Ephesians, and we'll come back to this in a few months as we go into the most critical section of the book of Ephesians and one of the, the most expansive sections on the role, God's given role in the home. We'll pick up filling of the Spirit next week which leads right into that, and we'll come back to this in chapter 6, but I want to fly high with you today, and I want us to look at three vital truths from the Word of God, And, and don't miss this, that honoring your mother leads to a blessing. It leads to a blessing. So here's the truth. There's a command to be obeyed, there's a, secondly, vital truth, a disrespect that is condemned. And then thirdly, a blessing that results in honoring your mother. First, there is a command to be obeyed. Look at Ephesians 6:1 and 2. We'll start there. These are familiar texts, but we need to unfold them so you understand. It says there, children... So he's addressing children, is he not? Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Here's why, purpose clause, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. There's three vital truths. Let's begin with a command to be obeyed a command to be obeyed. You can see it there. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then it says there in verse 2, honor your father, and we'll pay particular attention to your mother this day. Now here is a command to be obeyed. And you'll note there, when it says to obey your parents, honor your parents, those are the commands, those are the expectations of God in the home. This truth is, is derived from the book of Exodus in the Old Testament in Exodus 20 verse 12. Exodus 20 verse 12 in the Ten Commandments says, honor your father and your mother. There is the command. It's here in the New Testament. It was expressed there in the book of Exodus, the fifth commandment. It is the fifth commandment. And, uh, and it came with a promise. The promise is, look at verse 3, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. But here is the command. You are, children, are commanded to obey and honor their parents. It says in Ephesians 6.1, for this is right. In other words, this is the testimony of Scripture. This is the command of the Word of God. In other words, it's right. It's holy. It comes from the very breath and mouth of God. Now, let me say this. Look again at the text. It says there in 6 1, children, obey your parents. He's addressing children. And I believe here in this context, it refers to anyone still under the roof, under the control of, under the responsibility of their parents. Certainly the command to obey, uh, and then here expressly, the command to honor would continue throughout life. So as I mentioned, this is for little children, this is for elementary children, this is for junior high, high school, this is also, if you're a nanny in a home, this is the principles of the Word of God. Now, you say, well, who's he addressing here? Well, you can see it, it's the word children there, and it really refers to any offspring under parental control. And it is obvious that Scripture here is addressing children who are believers. You say, why do you say that? Well, look at the text again. It's not my opinion. Children, obey your parents. And then it has this little phrase, in the Lord. In other words, these are believing children in the Lord. These are children who have expressed faith, maybe verbally, even early on. And so children who have trusted Christ, whose sins have been forgiven, whose Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ, who call themselves a believer, are responsible to follow this teaching. I have to say that because all the instructions that come to the husband, in chapter 5, that come to the wife, that come to the children, and these children are in the Lord. And the reason I'm saying that is it would be impossible for a child to obey what I'm going to tell you the Word of God says without being in Christ. So new life is appropriate. Regeneration is understood in this passage. Now the question would come, what does the Bible tell children to do, It's very, very explicit here. And what he tells them to do in this uh, command to be obeyed is to obey and honor them. These are commands given to children. Namely, that you are to place yourself under the authority of your parents. And you do that expressly by obeying and honoring them. Now, just for a little bit of uh, uh, background here and a little platform work, look at the text again. It says children, and it gives them this command, and you know this, you know this by heart. It says to obey them. Now, that word obey, I always find very fascinating. You say, okay, obey, and that, you say, well, that means they need to do what you say. And yes, that would be it. But it's a compound Greek word. They all seem to be compound, don't they? The, the Greek word here is hupo, kuo, is the word for obey. And I'm trying to explain what obey means. Kuo means, it's interesting, it means to listen. It's just a basic term. It just means to listen. On the front of that is attached a little prefix called hoopo. And hoopo just means to be under. And so the thought here of obeying the parents is that a child needs to listen under the authority of their parents. And that authority has been granted by God. And so the word of God declares children are to obey their parents. And the, the proof would be in this that if they don't listen, to their parents they can't obey them does that make sense in other words obedience in its foundation here is the ability to hear and then to get under and so that's what obedience means in fact I would say to the children even here this morning if your parents ever say listen to me that's exactly what the word means And maybe sometimes a parent says that because the child is not listening. But here, when this child in your home, to honor their mother, here's a very basic command. It literally means to listen underneath the authority of their children. And so you've got to listen to them. Now, what does it mean to obey your parents? Let me just give this, and I think I've shared this a little bit before. In our home, and we were taught growing up, that this ideal of obey is first-time obedience. I mean, you've heard that before. First-time obedience. It means that a child, an express, especially a younger child, will do what the parents say immediately. In fact, here, obedience is not just doing what you are told But it is doing what you are told, here's the the teaching, without challenge, without excuse, and without delay. That's what it means. It means, mom, if you give your child a command, they won't whine. Pretty high standard in the Word of God. They will just do it without challenge. It means that when you give your children a command, and children, as you listen to this, you won't cry, and you won't pout. You'll do it without excuse. It means, mother, when you give your child a command, they won't stomp off into the room. They'll do it without delay. It meaning that when a child receives a command, they won't slam doors. They'll do it without challenge. In fact, here it would mean that they would not even roll their eyes at your simple instruction. They're going to do it without challenge, without excuse, without delay. That's just what we call first-time obedience. And certainly on Mother's Day, parents, let me say this, you must ensure that your children honor you. So obviously it's a command to children, but you're the you're the gatekeeper of that, if you will. One author offers helpful communication to secure this. Uh, It's obviously a mother. He in this writing it says, "I am sorry, but you may not speak to me in that way. God has made me your mother, and He has said that you must treat me with honor. Now let's see if there is a respectful way that you can express." What you wish. I think that's well said. And I would just encourage you, especially those who have young children, that you will not wait for this training uh, until your children are teenagers. If you wait for the instruction that I just gave, um, you will suffer the indignity of their disrespect. Respectful teenagers. Are not developed when they are one, two, three, four and five. Respectful teenagers understand this. They're taught early, but they won't catch this at 14, 15, 16, 17, etc. Now listen, if you find yourself confronted with disrespectful children or teenagers, talk with them about how you should have raised them. Start there, okay. But let me say it this way. Obedience is the act, and here honor is the attitude. Obedience is the act of first-time obedience, but honor is the attitude. Look at verse 2. It says there, to honor your father and your mother. Honor in some ways, to honor your mother, uh, goes beyond obedience. Because it involves the heart. It involves the attitude. And Paul addresses here the motive behind the command, if you will, that parents understand that the children are to honor them. Now, obviously, parents and certainly fathers, if you look in 6.4, where it says specifically there, do not provoke your children to anger. If you do that, it will cave in everything that I'm saying to you. But here we're addressing the children. So what does that mean, honor your mother and your father? Honor is just simply the word that speaks here of, uh, and it's a need today, so I'm pausing, of a reverent honor. Like, this isn't in our society today. Romans 1 at the end. But here the Bible says that children are to honor their parents. The same word is used in John 5.23 to speak of reverence and honor toward God. In fact, it says in 5.23 that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. So God the father, God the son receive honor. And here in 6.2, it says that children are to honor their mothers and their father. Honor here is important. Children are to honor their mother. Children are to do that. And you say, children, you may be out of the home, so let me just be clear on this. If you're out of the home and you're on your own and you have your own family, I believe obedience is while they're in the home and honor continues even as a grown adult, okay? But here, honor is this, it's a, it's a, just a tremendous word. In the Old Testament, you remember that is the word for glory. It's the Hebrew term kaved. And that word just means heavy. It means weighty. In fact, I told you, literally, it meant heavy and weighty. It talked about a fat king, and a fat king in the Old Testament was heavy. And so it spoke literally of heaviness. But then the word came to mean not just literally heavy, but heavy in terms and weighty in terms of character. In other words, of reverence. In other words, of honor. And here the Word of God is declaring that children are to honor their mother and father and so it's a rich word it means here they're to be highly esteemed it means the ideal of to fix value on something in fact children are to hold their parents in such high respect that they regard their parents with a sense of awe that's what the bible says that's what the bible says In fact, I think it's coming up on the screen, Luke 19. Think about it in this light. That the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, and you've seen this statement before, You shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. Quoted in 1 Peter chapter 1. And then immediately it says, Every one of you shall revere, The ideal of fear, which is honor his mother and father. I mean, this was just a, a powerful statement in the Old Testament. You say, well, how powerful? So powerful that it said this in the book of Exodus 21, 15. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. So you can see how far we've slipped ...from this command. In fact, it says in Exodus 21, 17, "...whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death." So here, the principle of the Word of God is that a child ought to honor his father, and here this morning, his mother. In fact, it is his mercy and grace in the New Testament that those commands of Exodus 21 are not repeated... But, beloved, I would say to you that rejection here to honor mothers, the rejection of a mother's authority is a rejection of God's authority. God has placed a father and a mother in that place, and to reject them in in terms of children is to reject the authority of God. And a rejection of God's authority is an attempt for your children to be God themselves, and so here, obey them, honor them. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, I could say, children, do you understand why I wanted your children in here? Is uh you will not make fun of them. You will you will be not speaking to them when they greet you. In other words, you could dishonor them by not doing that. You will not make threatening statements to your parents. You will not give your mother hurtful remarks. You will not grumble to her. You will not talk back to her. You will not question her. You will not give um, unasked uh, explanations. All those things could be signs of disrespect. You will not speak to her in an irreverent way. You will not speak to her in anger. You'll not say, I'll do it in just a minute, just wait as though your authority and timing is above your mother's. All this goes into that. In fact, this is so crucial and vital, and it's not like I don't feel like we don't see this happening in this church, but there's a warning for dishonoring mom. It's Deuteronomy chapter 21. I put this up on the screen as well. You can write this one down for later instruction. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son... Who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice here of his mother. And though they discipline him and will not listen to them. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders. Then they should say to the elders of the city, this son is stubborn. He is rebellious. He will not, you see the phrase there, obey our voice. In other words, they're talking to him, but he's not listening. He's not under. It says, he is a glutton. Obviously, this is sin. He's a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge all the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Listen, this is crucial for the very well-being of our homes, and the very well-being of our society. So here, there is a command to be obeyed. You're to obey and honor your parents, and this would include singles. You are to hold them and hold mother in a sense of of awe. Now, What does that look like? Let let me tell you what dishonor looks like. So here's the second principle. There's a command to be obeyed, but secondly, there's a disrespect that is to be condemned. And I think I'm just utilizing the word of God here. The disrespect that is to be condemned is this thought, that you would not despise your mother. Okay, Proverbs 15.20 says, A wise son, he makes his father glad. But a foolish uh, man, it says there, despises his mother. Despise, the idea there is to hold in contempt. That's what it means. That's That's a foolish man. A wise son's going to make his father happy, but a foolish man despises his mother, holds her in contempt, disdain is the thought. And here, that idea is to give little worth to her. It's the ideal of undervaluing something, and here is, in this case, a son who's giving to his mother Disrespect. That word was used, let me see if I could fill it out for you. Remember in the Old Testament when it spoke of Esau and it says that he despised his birthright. Remember, he didn't make much of it. Goliath, on the other hand, when he came out, I've stood over that field with some of you, and Goliath came out and David came out to meet him and it said that Goliath despised David. In other words, He's small. He's got no armor on. He's tiny, whatever Goliath's thought was. And so Esau despised his birthright. Goliath despised David. And here, to despise your mother is a refusal to regard her of any worth and any value. I've seen believers do this. Say, but pastor, she just didn't do, I, what? You might be out of the home and no longer obedient because you're not directly under them, but this, this idea, honor, carries outside of that. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says, hear my son, a father's instruction, here's the word to our children, and forsake not, Your mother's teaching, implied there as Tom read at a Proverbs 31, the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She's teaching, and an obedient son isn't gonna forsake his mother's instruction. So what do you mean forsake? It means to quit. It means to reject your mother's instruction. In other words, if there was a command to be obeyed, here is this thought that is to be condemned. You cannot despise your mother. Proverbs 6, another great text in 20 through 23. My son, keep your father's commandment. And then here it is. Forsake not your mother's teaching. And I'm just thinking, you can't blow her off. You can't not listen to her You can't just be indifferent to her. You're not going to forsake your mother's teaching. No, Proverbs says you're going to bind them on your heart always. You're going to tie them around your neck. When you walk, they're going to lead you. When when you lie down, they're going to watch over you. When you are awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are a way of life. So here's what children are going to do. First, they need to get under and listen. They they need to respect and honor their mother. And then they need to pay close attention and not forsake her teaching. You say, but Scott, my mom's unsaved. You're still to honor her. You say, my Scott, my mom is old. You say, my mom wears funny clothes, blah, 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 right? You need to be careful, because it says in Proverbs twenty three twenty two, do not despise your mother when she is old. I mean, this is what the Word of God says. It doesn't matter what the society says. I sat in a board meeting uh, at the Masters University and Seminary on Friday, and we were talking about how professors at universities are losing their jobs over the use of their pronouns. What do you call the students in your class? And one guy, and I'll not give his name or his location, says at our university, we have 72 different pronouns on a sheet of paper upon which you better call this student the correct pronoun. I thought he was joking. And I came up to him, I said, did you say 72? He said, I said 72, that's right. We, I mean, we don't even know what a male and a female is anymore, but the Scripture does. And the Scripture would say here, your children who are over there, many of them, need to honor you, and they need to not forsake their mother's teaching. They need to not be despised. Proverbs 10.1, A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son, here's the text for this morning, is a sorrow to his mother. It'd be hard, you know, for me to think that today that any of you would ever bring sorrow to your mother. Sorrow means to cause her anguish. Sorrow means to to bring her heaviness. The idea there in Proverbs 10.1 is the ideal of mental sorrow. It's the ideal of emotional sadness. In fact, the scriptures go on, Proverbs 17, 25, a foolish son is a grief to his father, that's for Father's Day, and bitterness to, to her who bore him. I just wouldn't want that to be said of any of the children in this church towards their mother, that they would bring bitterness to her who bore him. Bitterness speaks just of the word disappointment. Now, obviously, dad's, you need to ensure what I'm preaching. We're not perfect, but you need to ensure that they're honoring mom. They're honoring your wife. You say, well, Scott, how do I grieve my mother? Well, I was thinking of that word disappointment a number of ways. Just be disobedient, be a liar, be a stealer. All the things that we preached against in Ephesians 4, Or you could be like this dude named Esau in the Old Testament. He grieved his mother. You say, how so, pastor? His dating life. His dating life. Genesis 26, 35, it says that Esau made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. Say, how so? He dated a Hittite woman. He really didn't care what his mom and dad said. So just his dating life, he's not hoopoe. I remember one time with my mom, I think I was just a young brat at ninth grade, and I told her I was going to this dance with this girl. I don't know if I told you this a couple weeks ago. And uh, I said, Mom, she's a real nice girl. And I remember my mom and dad were in there, and they both looked at me, and they said, Scott, what does it mean that she's a nice girl? Meaning, does she love Christ? Does she honor the word of God? Is she a believer, a true disciple of Christ? They don't want to hear from my lips that she's nice. They said, everybody's nice, Scott. And I'm like, ah, oh, you guys, come on. This girl's really nice. Scott, what is nice? I mean, I just remember them going after me on that because they cared for me. Proverbs 19, 26, he who does violence to his father, how about this one, and chases his mother away is a son that brings shame and reproach. Listen, I so bad want the children in this church, your children, to honor their mothers. I don't want them to shame and chase you away. And you, you have a great responsibility, and I do, um, in the home to ensure that what he's telling children is actually implemented. In fact, the famous one is Proverbs 30, 17. The I that mocks a father and scorns to obey his mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures." I knew that one by heart because my son Johnny used to quote that one to me. Dad, I'm really, I'm, you're, 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 I, I don't want my eye to be taken out, you know. And uh, I think he was saying lighten up on the, the discipline. But he used to quote this to me often um, before discipline. Um, but what a, what a tremendously serious verse. Listen, children, you are to obey and honor your parents, as it says in the scripture, in the Lord. You say, well, Scott, what if my parents are wrong? You're to obey them and honor them in the Lord. In other words, the Lord is the authority, is he not? Even if your parents appear to be wrong, you're to obey and honor your parents in the Lord because ultimately a wife's submission is before God and here ultimately a child's obedience and honor is also before God. So there's a command to be obeyed, a disrespect, obviously, that is condemned. But here, let me leave you on this one, a blessing that results, a blessing that results. Look at verse 3. This is tremendous, and we, we, I can't say everything I need to. We'll come back to this. It says there that it may go well with you, verse 3, and that you may live long in the land that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land or on the earth. Here is a blessing. Now, you say, well, where does that come from? Well, it comes from Exodus 20, 12. It comes out of the fifth commandment where it says there to honor your father and your mother. And here's the blessing. It says there that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God is giving you. In other words, there's a blessing here. In other words, he doesn't just finish with this command and this disrespect, if you will, that is condemned. He ends with a, with a blessing. And the blessing came out of Exodus 20.12. Look again at six, um, uh, 6.2, where it even says, quoting Exodus 20.12, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. You say, what do you mean a a promise. Well, there's ten commandments, and this is the fifth, and it it could just be saying it's the first commandment that actually comes with a promise. What's interesting there is the Jewish people used to separate those ten commandments in two sections. They separated chapters one through five, I think you know, that were god and the second half of those commandments were man word. You know, in other words, the first one, have no other gods before me, so forth. The second half deals with our relationship with people. But in much of Jewish thinking, this command doesn't come on the second half of the Ten Commandments. It comes in the first five, your duty before God. You say, well, Scott, he's not expressing our duty before God. He's expressing a children's duty before their parents. But that was the point. This is such a holy command that for a child to obey and honor his father and mother was likened to obeying and honoring God. And so they put it in the first part of those Ten Commandments. And so the command came to honor them, and then it came with a promise. It was the first command in the Ten that came with a promise, and the promise is the blessing in verse 3, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. It's a quotation of Exodus 20, 12. But it's not just here. It also comes up, you can write this one down in the book of Deuteronomy, where it says, Honor your father and your mother, As the Lord God, this is his word, commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you. There's a blessing attached to it. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments here expressing that to a son for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So this is the clear teaching of the scripture. There's a, there's a blessing attached to it. Proverbs 4.10, hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. And so what is this promise? It came and obviously it has some reference back into the Old Testament where as they obeyed this promise, they would be able to enter into the promised land and God expected obedience in the home. He didn't tolerate, if you will, any disrespect for parents' authority. In fact, I would say to you one of the reasons for the Babylonian exile was a failure of the children to honor parents. It says that in Ezekiel chapter 22. So Paul, I believe, takes what was a national promise to the nation of Israel to move into the land, and he applies this truth to believers today. In other words, it is a general principle. It doesn't mean that a young child won't get sick and some won't go be with the Lord and some disobedient children live into their 80s or 90s. I understand that. This is what we call a general principle. And the general principle is a blessing that the, the son or the daughter who honors and obeys their parents is going to be blessed in their life and God Almighty is going to bring a blessing. It could just mean that it's talking about they're going to, generally speaking, live long. That rather than running themselves into, a, into a, a, a pattern that the prodigal son you know, was on until he came back, this could be general instruction that as your children obey and honor you, there will be a blessing on their life. What a great hope. So parents, let me say this to you, okay? Your child's obedience and honor is not so much that you can be obeyed for your sake but you want them to honor and obey you for their sake and their blessing so teach them while they're young and certainly grandparents have a huge role in this and so listen I just commend to you this day to honor your mother children And parents, you see to it that they understand this teaching. But here's three vital truths in honoring mom. There's a command to be obeyed, obedience and honor. There's a disrespect that is condemned. Don't despise your mother. And here in this text, there's a blessing that results from it that you will know long life and you will be happy because you've honored God in honoring your mother and in honoring your father. Listen, if it isn't what it should be, even as I speak, then get on the phone today. Carry out what you need to. You say, but, but Scott, if you would have known, if you would have heard. Listen, for those of you who are older, you have a great responsibility to still honor her, to still honor her, to still obey her, and to bring her... Um, that kind of awe and that kind of reverence and that kind of honor that would be a blessing to her.